Hey everyone, this is the Mr. Mike Agostino, and the views expressed on this show are mine and mine alone. I do not have any affiliation with Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent any Casas do Benfica, any supporters group, any other type of organization officially um, established within um, Sport Lisboa Benfica. These views are completely mine. They are 100% unsanctioned and 100% independent. Enjoy the show. Benfica Nation, welcome to another edition of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. Today, it's a special midweek edition of Mr. Benfica. It is episode 17, titled Vencedoras. Because as promised, this one today is all about the ladies. That's right, because hashtag Elish and we're talking about the final of the fina of the Taça de Portugal. Football Feminino, Benfica versus Valadares de Gaia. How's everyone doing this weekend? Has everyone survived the championship weekend? It was decision day for the men. It was cup final day for the women. Today we're talking only about the women as I had previously promised. And I had said that if I could get this game and I have to give props and give thanks to BitTV, the club's network, for simulcasting this game voicing over Ebola TV's broadcast so that those of us here abroad that don't have access to Ebola TV were able to watch this game. Thank you also to Ebola TV for allowing that to happen. Um, very cool that, that the two networks you know, made some kind of agreement, obviously, to allow the game to be simulcast. Um, we'll talk about the coverage in this one. All right, I'm going to give BTV a grade on this on this um, on their coverage for the entire day, and and let me start out by saying that it was not an easy task. I, you can tell watching that from a production standpoint, it was not easy to cover you know multiple things all in one day. I mean, they had basketball first thing in the morning. Well, first thing in the morning our time here in the United States on the East Coast. It was 6 a.m. here. It was 11 a.m. in Portugal. Um, Benfica basketball closing out the series against. Madeira. They move on to the semifinals of the Portuguese basketball playoffs. And then it, you had Benfica 10 um, talking, you know, pregame, uh, 
really trying to to prepare the viewer for everything that was coming over the course of the next really 12 to 15 hours because BTV was non-stop on this one. They must be exhausted, everybody that worked on this production. So, although I am going to give them a grade because uh, it's only fair, but uh, I you can see that there was a lot of work put into this and uh, the, the, t the on-air talent really worked hard um, all day Saturday. You know, Barbara Alves was on TV, <laughs> like, you know, early, 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 and she was there all the way through the Marques. Um, a lot of work put in by all of the talent that, that appeared on camera and behind the scenes. So, uh, job well done overall to BTV. We'll talk about the coverage, the, the, the decisions, the uh, production, and maybe some things they did right, some things they did wrong. But let me start out by saying that was a monumental task and they were up to it and they put on um they put on a good a good production overall and i'm thankful that they were able to do it it made me feel like i was in portugal you know it i got to see everything that happened um saturday in this massive historic day for our club also you know Benfica showed great commitment to this this project of women's football all season, and they need to be commended for that. Okay, um, they brought in the right manager. I think that that's evident um, when you see how his team is is you know behind him. He has his team. He has that locker room. I should say, um, those players are willing to die for him. You can see it. That's a sign of a great leader, a great coach. So. Um, Parabéns, João Marques. Okay, great, great work this season. I know the season's not done. There's a few more games left in the regular season, in the league season, um, to guarantee the second division championship and promotion to the first division. But what a what a job by everybody involved in this project of women's football at Benfica, um, and by bringing women's football to Benfica. Um, the club have also raised the level of the game in Portugal. They've raised the visibility of the game. I think that's the most important. They have brought Portuguese women's football to a new level of visibility thanks to the club's network. Okay, um, As you know, most of Benfica TV or BTV's subscribers are abroad, like myself and like many of you listening. Um, most of the subscribers are us that, that are not there and not able to access this um, in Portugal, you know, and we can't just go to the cafe to, to watch a live match, so we get BTV, and um, really by by promoting the team, by televising the matches, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun getting to know this team this season, um, I, I think back to the, the uh, presentação game against, uh, against Deportivo La Coruña. Okay, a 2-2 draw, but a game in which Befica showed, you know, that they were a better side than Deportivo, you know, and, and women's football in Spain is, 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 you know, as the men's is thought to be a higher level, and they've been doing it longer, and they're a more professionalized league, you know, more, uh, they've been, a, like I said, around longer, they've, They've been playing at a higher level for longer, and Benfica really, really uh, outplayed um, Deportivo that day. Uh, it was a 2-2 draw, but when you take in the fact that the team had just been assembled a month earlier, it was it was a sign that things were going to be good this season. And, you know, you get through the regular season, and you start the league season, and you see results like 28-0, 32-0. 
And some people think that, you know, they're being a little bit um, egoista or a little bit egotistical, a little bit um, unsportsmanlike in running up the score. That's not the case. It's more than evident. This team has respected every team they have played. That's why they played hard from the first whistle to the last. Okay, that is a sign of respect. That's the ultimate sign of respect. For me, as a coach... Um, I'll be disrespected when you stop trying against my team, okay? Um, if I don't want you to try, we'll walk off the field. From the moment that whistle blows until the final whistle, uh, teams should be competing at their best. If it makes it 32 to nothing, then so be it. That's the way I believe the game should be played. That's how I see the game. I have an unpopular view of that, especially here in the United States, where people think that once it's four to nothing, you should turn around and stop scoring and just play pass and and do rondos and you know not shoot or if you shoot, miss on purpose, which I think is ultimately more humiliating. But um, trying to explain that to people is like, uh, well, it's like trying to explain the world is round, the Earth is round to people who are dead set on it being flat. So that. You know, is what it is. But again, a big, big um, recommendation, excuse me, big, big recognition has to go to Benfica's football department for starting the women's football department. And everyone in that department has worked exceptionally hard. They've brought in the players, as you can see. Um, They've brought in names that I think are going to be household names. They really, these are uh, recognizable players, they have personalities. Um, they play a great brand of football, and it has been an absolute joy to watch this team all season. Um, game after game, I have to say, I agree with what Elder Kondut said in the semifinal when he said that he was, in Portuguese, apaixonando pela esta equipa, uh, falling in love with the team, you know? Um, and, and definitely, I see that, I, I feel that as well. It has been an absolute joy um, to watch this team play this way. Um, and it's significance, you know, on women's football. And Portuguese women's football is growing. Whether people realize it or not, I wish they would realize it. Um, I've been fortunate in my my career as a, as a coach. I have met uh, three or four of Portugal's former internationals who are now coaches here in the United States and in Canada. Um, you know, I, I've been able to, to have good conversations with them. And... What they, what they experienced 10, 15 years ago, less than that for some of them, as, as Portuguese national team players, pales in comparison to the conditions and the facilities that have been afforded to this Benfica team. So the game is growing, the, the, and people are interested. I think that's the best part. People are behind this team. This was a record crowd for the Portuguese Cup that needs to be... Um, that cannot be underestimated, okay, or understated. On the day when the port, when the Befica men's team is going for the 37, okay, three and a half hours before kickoff kicks off the women's Portuguese Cup final, and almost 13,000 people get to the Jamud, 12,000 of those being Befica fans, no question, okay. Um, they got behind this team, had this, had the federation. And the, the, the Liga Nage not been, you know, idiots about this. Had they worked together, 
Um, this could have easily been a crowd of twenty or twenty-five thousand people, and uh, it would have been a record of any women's game in Portugal. Unfortunately, we didn't get that record. We do have the record for our, our friendly against Sporting at the Castillo in the uh, game for Mozambique not long ago, back in April. But this cup final really is the showcase, and it needs to be showcased. So the point of today's episode is also to give this match and this competition and women's football its due respect and its due place. Um, it deserves its own episode. It's not fair, nor is it right, to just throw a match review of this in with the men's match. So that's why they get their own episode again, as they did in the semis, okay? Happy to do it. Um... And after the after we roll an ad to pay a bill, and after we hear Chikonkista, we are going to get into the match. All right, we're going to hear from both coaches uh, in the post game presser, and then we will get into the match. Like I said, minute by minute, I got a lot to say about this match. A lot happened. You look at the result, a four nil. It might have been misleading because it took me about four and a half hours to watch this match. To Notate everything I wanted to say. To notate everything I thought deserved to be mentioned. And um, I got about eight pages of notes to go through here. So sit tight. We got uh, we got a good one coming up, okay? Again, this match, this, excuse me, this podcast is dedicated to everybody involved with women's football at Sport Lisboa Benfica, okay? I know it's not much, but um, it is for you. Um, those of you that speak English, of course. <laughs> Others, hopefully, someone can translate for you. Um, but this is for you, okay? You do have a following. You do have an audience. And um, I'm using my platform to 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 give you this as my, if you will, my gift to to women's football and to the supporters of, of Benfica women's football. We're going to go over the match minute by minute. There's a lot, a lot happened in this match, okay? There was a lot going on. Um, so I will, again, be back, and I will go over this. We'll, we'll talk about the commentary. We'll talk about the lineup. We'll talk about the atmosphere. We will talk about the referee. We will talk about everything we talk about when we talk about a men's match, all right? It's all going to be here. There's no sugarcoating, all right? There's a full respect to everybody involved. This was a great day for Portuguese women's football, great day for Benfica in general, Okay, so sit right there. We will be back. I am the Mr. Mike Agostino. Find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. And on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. I'll be right back. Sit right there. Don't move a muscle. Sofrida a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós
carrega sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sinto o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho Vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo So what you're going to hear now is um, the post-game press conference, some comments from the post-game press conference, a short audio clip, first from Benfica coach João Marques, and then from Valadares coach Mara Vieira. When they invited me to this project, for almost a year, they asked me to subir the division, and in the same meeting they said that they wanted to win the Portugal title, if they gave me more tools that I understood, que eram as necessárias. E hoje, satisfeito por atingir um objetivo que traçámos, que não foi fácil. Análise em relação ao jogo. A primeira parte, não fomos aquela equipa que temos sido desde o início da época. Um pouco ansiosas, as minhas jogadoras. E eu sempre disse a elas, se elas estiverem ao nível, se estiverem como treinam, estão sempre próximos da vitória. Elas na segunda parte estiveram muito bem. Acho que a vitória assenta-se muito bem ao Benfica. Em relação à entrada do Benfica, o que pode trazer para o futebol feminino? Pode trazer muito. O, feminino, o Benfica tem muitos adeptos, é um grande clube. Espero que outros clubes como o Benfica também entrem no feminino. Sou um defensor do futebol feminino, sempre, sempre disse desde que entrei aqui. Acho que a mulher tem os mesmos direitos que o homem. Batalho muito por isso. Acho que ainda temos muito para percorrer. Para haver pelo menos uma aproximação do masculino. Mas acho que este é o caminho, acho que o feminino está a crescer ano após ano. Uh, a Darlene, depois de marcar aquele gol que lança no fundo da euforia, uh, salta para, para cima do Mister. O uh, que é que soube aquele momento? Uh, significa também que o plantel quer que continue no Benfica para o ano? Uh, significa muito, significa uh, que as jogadoras estão com o treinador. <risos> Significa muitas emoções, muitos sacrifícios. Eu vou responder essa pergunta muito sinceramente. Eu quero estar no futebol feminino e vou continuar. And that was João Marques, the head coach, the manager of Benfica's women's team, getting emotional there as he's asked. Um, first of all, he was asked, you know, uh, about the game, and he said in the first half the team didn't didn't do what they'd worked on all week, and um, they weren't really playing up to the plan that was put in place. However, he did say in the second half they reacted well and they adjusted well and came out flying. Um, the reporter then said that uh, when. Darlene scored her goal. She uh, celebrated very um, fervorously with with the manager, jumping on the manager and and hugging him. And um, the reporter asks if 
Um, he feels that his players want him to stay for another year, and if he wants to continue with this project with Benfica that he had said in the beginning of the press conference that when he was hired and they asked him to uh, bring the team to the first division, that was the objective. He said he also wanted to win the Portuguese Cup. Um, when asked about staying, the manager uh, got very emotional, um, especially when asked of if he feels uh, the way if he feels that his players want him to stay or his players um you know support him as the manager and obviously they do and you see the way they reacted with him this is clearly a very close knit team um and the the players are very close to their coach and i think that's more than apparent and he really had to try three times to answer this question as he got emotional every single time coming to tears and then he says i'm committed to women's football and i want to continue was what he said now uh, here is is Mara Vieira. She's going to talk about um, she's going to talk about the difficulties that Valadares faced, and she's going to talk about what happens when um, when you're only playing defensively. Eventually, uh, you when you don't score, you get scored on. Is what she said. So um, you can't defend for ninety minutes against a team like Benfica. Is what she said. They tried to play a bit, but. Um, she said that you know they had difficulties playing against such a strong team. Here's here's Mara. Sabíamos que íamos encontrar que era uma equipa muito forte em termos ofensivos. Nós tínhamos que saber defender bem. Acho que eu conseguimos ali durante a primeira parte, pelo menos defender bem, mas não atacar depois não atacar tão bem. Também precisávamos de o fazer porque sabíamos que se não conseguíssemos íamos acabar por sofrer porque não há nenhuma equipa que aguente 90 minutos só a defender e pronto foi o que acabou por acontecer de facto a equipa do Benfica é muito forte e estiveram tiveram muito mais oportunidades que nós e ganharam bem chegando à final sabemos que este plantel é um plantel muito forte a equipa que encontramos sabemos as nossas limitações sabemos que tínhamos que ter assim um dia quase perfeito e o, e o Benfica tinha que ter um dia menos bom também vamos dizer assim para ver se conseguimos uh, vencer uh, não foi isso que aconteceu agora tenho que ter uma palavra também para todo o Valadares, o Valadares no seu todo é um incentivo para continuar claro porque os clubes todo o futebol feminino começou com clubes amadores agora há clubes profissionais nós continuamos a ser um clube amador mas com uma mentalidade muito profissional e daí estarmos aqui So, without further ado, let's get into the action, alright? The setting for today's match is the Estádio Nacional, also known as Ujamor, in Oeiras, on the outskirts of Lisbon. The referee is Teresa Oliveira. Um, the pitch was in, perfect, was in very good condition from everything you could see on TV. Despite concerns about the pitch due to, uh, you know, Bulanish Saad, a.k.a. Code City, using that, that pitch as a home field, pretty much all season and not taking care of it. Um, it does. It did look in much better shape than the last time I saw that pitch. Um, good crowd on hand, like I said in the opening. Uh, a record crowd for a Taça de Portugal match. And uh, like I said, it would have been a much bigger crowd had the Federation and the Liga Nage gotten their act together and used a little common sense rather than um, both, you know, holding, holding firm ridiculously on their laurels as they did in this case. Alright, we'll go to the lineups, okay? Starting with Valadares de Gaia, Naid Gomes, Sarinha Monteiro, Inês Bardes, Mariana Campino, Rita Machado, Micas, Riquel Gomes, Leandra Pereira, Carolina Rocha, Lucia Alves, and Andrea Freitas are the 11 starters. The, 
the manager is Mara Vieira. Uh, for Benfica, Dani Newhouse is the goalkeeper. In the, across the back, Diane, Silvia Rebelu, Tyla, and Yasmin. Uh, the midfielders, the, t- the midfield pair, Ana Vitoria and Pauleta in the middle with Andre- Andrea Faria and Evi Pereira wide and up front is the uh, the the strike pairing, the Brazilian strike pairing of Captain Darlene and Brazil International World Cup bound Jace. All right, center back Tyla also on her way to France for the Women's World Cup to represent the Canarinha, the Brazil national team. And Benfica is coached by, as I said earlier, João Marques. Um, this was a this was a big a big match and uh, for manager Mara Vieira and as I'll get into later the the broadcast team who never introduced themselves I I recognize the voice but they never introduced the name and I don't know their names and I wish that they would you know introduce their names once in a while but they did not do that so but they did um, talk a little bit about. They weren't sure who was coaching the team. It was, in fact, Mara Vieira. She was on the touchline. It was her return to Valadares Gaia after um, it's two weeks postpartum. So she had had a baby two weeks ago, and uh, she was back on the touchline for this match. Really, really impressive recovery, um, and I'm sure that was a lift for her players. And that is... Part of the plot coming into this match as uh, Valadarj would kick off, and right off the bat, the sound the sound of Glorioso SLB is ringing out throughout the Jamur. Right off the bat, though, in the first minute, Darlene beats two players and plays in Evi. Evi dri- dribbles past Nade, but her heavy touch gets away. Yasmin is able to run down the loose ball and shoot it on goal, but it was cleared off the line by Sarinha. Right off the bat in the first minute, Valadaj clearing one off of the line. Um, and Benfica sending a message early that they are there to take care of business. And this they are not there, obviously, to just participate and just facilitate. Um, a minute later, the ball goes over the top of the back four as Evie is again in, but this time Naid comes up with her comes up with her first of many saves on the afternoon. A very nice save save from Naid, um, and Befica again knocking on the door very very early in the fifth minute. Evie looks to cross. But Mariana Campinu slides and concedes the first corner of the match just before the cross is, uh, you know, is is unleashed. And Campinu would pick up a knock on the follow through um, as as Evie was already uh, she already had her leg cocked back and was already um, coming through to make the cross. And on the follow through, she did catch Mariana Campinu. She down for a little bit. Um, she would receive treatment. Ensuing corner kick, Yasmin's in-swinging left foot was punched away by Nade. She does well to come out um, in double fists and gets the ball away. Um, In the seventh minute, Valadaj already defending for their lives early, really throwing themselves in front of everything. Um, Very, very 
erratic defending. Um, not much shape at this at this point. They're kind of running around everywhere trying to look for an open space. It looks like Befica has more players on the field than Valadares, to be honest, early on. Um, but Befica's not able to to get it get it in the goal, but in the seventh minute, like I said, Darlene beats three players with a little bit of Jenga and then hits a shot, Trivella, that is blocked and it, it goes, it ends up going right to Nate who, who scoops it up um, off of the block and right now Valadares look desperate and doing everything they can to cope with this attack from Befica. And at this point where we're reminded by the uh, by the broadcast team that despite Benfica being in the second division and Valadares de Gaia uh, being in the first, it's important to point out that Benfica is a full professional team, whereas Valadares is fully amateur. So keep that in context as we go through this match. This has been the case for Benfica all season, um, including in the cup, including against most first division teams. Move forward to the 14th minute. Yasmin's cross was poorly dealt with by Inish Barj. Um, and it went straight to Evi who shoots. But it was over the bar. Just just a few inches over the bar. Um, very easily could have been Befica's first. A minute later, Befica on the attack again. And the World Cup bound Jace has her shot deflected for yet another corner. Um, nothing comes of it, however. And we get a... a Rare counter as Valadares gets their first attack into Benfica's thirds, into Benfica's defensive third, excuse me. But Carolina Hosh's cross goes over everyone, and no one is able to get on the end of it, and it goes out for a goal kick. In the 18th, Darlene and Mariana Campino knock heads, and the match is stopped so that both players can be examined by the staff, by the medical staff. Um, both you can see both players receiving the concussion protocol just to make sure that everything is all right. Um, both players were, were fine and would continue. In the 19th minute, a ball would be won in the middle third in the air by Pauleta. She does this better than, than, than many. Um, she just was everywhere in this match, and every time I've seen her, she's just always on the ball, and the announcer... Um, pointed out that within the team they all call her Phasia um, and that uh, I know in the past in episode 11 when I broke down uh, the semifinal I, I compared her a lot to Florentino the players on the team disagree with me they think she's more of a Phasia but I can see that also she's very she's just wherever the ball is she finds her way there she's always a, a step of ahead and she would win the ball there play it square to Yasmin who would then go down the flank and find Darlene wide, Darlene touchline wide. She'd play in Jace on a diagonal ball, and Jace would would beat Evie, would beat I'm um, excuse me, would beat Nade. But her effort would go wide after after dribbling by the keeper. She would put it wide, um, and for all Befica has, okay. Um, for all Benfica shows, there are scores of fans dressed in Benfica still coming into the stadium at the 20th minute mark. Okay, so you can see on the corner of your screen, in the upper corner, you can see players coming in, or fans, I should say, coming in the gate. I believe there's very limited entrance and and exit access at the Jamor. Part of the reason, um, it's, it's a difficult place to get in and out of, um, which many people said affected um, 
affected how many people would attend this match because it would not be easy to get out of there into the Stadion Illusion time. Um, but you could still see people filing in in the 20th minute. Um, scores of, of just red jerseys and scarves coming in. Uh, in the 22nd minute, we move forward a little bit. Rita Machado has a long-range uh, long free kick that she hit hard, but it was right at Dani, and Dani has her first save of the match. No trouble. She would catch it, front smother it, and fall down on it while Benfica come out. In the 23rd minute, a minute later, Paulita wins yet another ball in midfield, triangulates with Darlene and Andrea Faria, some real nice combination play. Andrea would play it wide to Jace, who um, who would really, like a, she would just steamroll down the right side, beating Valadares players until she was finally tackled rugby style by Valadares Andrea Freitas right at the edge of the penalty box. Uh, the penalty area, I should say. And um, no card shown in this one by the referee, um, by Teresa Oliveira. Uh, could have been the first booking of the match. Uh, many thought it should have been. But there was no booking given. And it was really, it really was a rugby tackle. She, she did everything she could to bring Jace down. And there's an over... There's a reoccurring, I should say, theme in this match of Jace just carrying the ball at pace and Valadares players having a hard time even fouling her. Her physical presence and just her physical strength really overpowered the Valadares players all match long. Um, you can see them trying to foul her in, effectively bouncing off of her. Um, and so in this one, the the defender decided to wrap up and, and bring her down rugby style. And that would give a free kick uh, on the edge of the penalty area to... To Nade's left, the goalkeeper's left, uh, about five yards from the from the goal line. So, so you can imagine where the ball is. It's it's far to the to the right side of Benfica's attack, uh, on the edge of the penalty area, almost at the goal line. All right, so it's it's a definitely a a crossing situation for the in swinging uh, free kick for for Yasmin. Uh, but her cross would once again be punched out by Nade. She would come out and Nade Naid. I wish I knew the correct way to pronounce her name. Like I said, it was pronounced both ways. And uh, she would double fist it again. She was very good at this. She was first to so many balls all match. And you can see why. The, you could see she's a former international. You could see why she was Portugal's national team keeper for, for 60, 60 international caps earned for Portugal for this goalkeeper. Very good job. And. Um, Time after time, she'd be called on, and she would just rise to the occasion each time. Um, it would be played back for Jace, though, and Jace would then... Uh, she would then... Oh, she would then send the ball back in, and Knight would would get up and get to the ball first before any Benfica attackers and pounce on it. And, I mean, she literally, this looked like goalkeeper training. She would make the save and just get up and make another, and get up and make another on some occasions. Again, uh, one of the more stellar goalkeeping uh, performances I've seen, men, men's or women's, in a very long time. 25th minute, it's, an, it's another counter for Valadares, and this is for their... Uh, Probably their best offensive player all match, Lucia Alves. One against three, however, though, as Benfica do get back, and she forces a long shot um, from well outside the area, and it's a uh, little to no trouble for Dani. She catches it and looks around, gets ready to play the ball back in and to get the restart going. 
28th minute now. But if he can start to show a little frustration over um, being unable to 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 get a goal and get control of the score in in this match, um, Evie near the corner foul a corner flag would foul Andrea Freitas. Uh, really, just wind up in kicker. <laughs> As she's trying to shield the ball. A free kick uh, would be sent long, however, by Valadarj. And one again by Pauleta. And Befica are back at the attack. Pauleta finds uh, Ana Vitoria, who pushes the ball forward down the flank. And it would be deflected out for another corner by the Valadarj uh, tracking player. Who would just get enough on it to push it down the line to go out uh, eventually past the goal line for a corner kick. Yasmin with another corner, okay? This one again in swinging to the short post to the fur, to the near post and Ana Vitoria gets her head on it but it's wide. It's just the wrong side of the post. Very nearly the first goal for Benfica. Uh Benfica crowd still, you know, still making noise behind their team, encouraging um and you would have another Another Yasmin corner just three minutes later. And again, it's she's looking for Ana Vitoria. But again, Naid would be the first to the ball and she would punch it clear. Two minutes later, Pauleta plays the ball into Darlene. Darlene but the, um, had a good opportunity, but the goal-scoring machine, as I call her, would then cut the ball back towards her more preferred right foot. And by the time she does that, she finds four Valadaj players uh, in the area scattered, diving everywhere to block her shot. Her shot is blocked. 34th minute, Jace gets free down the right side again where she would attack all day. And they really had very little answer for this. Um, she would cut back onto her left, a la Aryan Robin. Very similar play to what you've seen Robin make a career of, looking for that left-footed shot. She would take that left-footed shot. It's not her preferred foot, but she does hit it well. She's aiming for the far post, but you get a fantastic highlight reel save um, by the fully-stretched Portugal international, Naid. She stretches completely and just gets her hands Enough of her hand to it to parry it wide for yet another corner. Um, three minutes later, Leandra Valadarj collides knees with Benfica's Andrea Faria. The 18-year-old would be shook up, and um, she would try to stay on. She'd be hobbling a little bit, but she would end up being subbed off before halftime, unfortunately for her. Um, playing in, obviously, her first uh, cup final as an 18-year-old. Um... 40th minute, you got Jace beating two defenders down the right again. Veladarj, excuse me, clearly has no solution for her. And she gets another nice cross in, but uh, a limping Andrea can't get on the end of it. She slides to try to reach it, but it's just out of her reach. Um, and it goes out the far sideline for another throw-in. In the 41st minute, Lucia Alves breaks down the right at pace on another counterattack. She cuts inside and fires just high of the bar. Uh, she did beat Donnie on this one, but the ball just would not dip down into the goal. It kept rising, and um, Benfica would would be lucky on that one not to be not to be punished um, for giving the ball away on this on this uh, counterattack. 
But um, overall, it's all Benfica aside from these couple of attacks. And in the 42nd minute is when the attendance is announced. The official record, Tasset Portugal Football Feminino, attendance record of 12,636. I know it doesn't sound like much, but just to put into perspective, the average NWSL attendance here in the United States is uh, is between 5 and 6000 fans per match in what is considered by Americans at least to be the top uh, women's football league in the world so um very very good number for women's football anywhere in the world this 12363 uh, 12636 um and as I said, if, if logistics were a little bit better, this would have been a phenomenal crowd of 20,000, 25,000. Um, in the 44th comes the substitution. Pati comes in for Andrea um, Faria as Andrea limps off and her day is done as we head to halftime. At halftime, there is zero analysis and I'm a little bit disappointed with this. Um, later, they would use the picture-in-picture. Halftime would have been the perfect time for the picture-in-picture. Instead, they would just cut back to the Stadio de Luz, the empty Stadio de Luz, and they'd go back to talking about the men's team. They gave no attention at all to this match um, during that segment. Uh, They did go back, they did throw back to the Jamur before the start of the second half, given about five minutes to summarize the first half. But I I know halftime analysis is something they don't really do much of in Portugal. It's not very well done the way um, we see it in other parts of the world. Something that we do see here uh, when done well. You know, with especially the English Premier League, NBC does a great job with that. Um, so there's, so I was disappointed at this point with with no halftime analysis. Um, I thought you could have done the picture in picture, uh, showing scenes of fans in the square, fans outside the the Seychelles, you know, along the the route from Seychelles to Stadio de Luz, outside the Stadio de Luz. They showed all those things. I thought you could have shown all that and still had. Um, a picture at the Jamur with the audio coming from the Jamur breaking down the first half. That's my personal opinion because, again, this is the Tasset Portugal, the Prova Rainha, the, the, the queen competition, if you will. The ta- It's supposed to be the showcase of Portuguese football, whether it be masculine or feminine or men's or women's football. I really thought more of the focus should have gone on this. But again, as I said at the beginning, BTV overall, did a great job, so don't take my criticism wrong, okay, I don't, I'm not criticizing to that level, I thought they did a good job, I hope they do this again, hope this is something they do whenever this, this situation occurs, so I don't want to discourage that by criticizing, but I am giving a little bit of critical analysis to the production, and where I think they could improve going forward, but again, this is the first time they've really done it like this, they usually... They've done it before where you have the big football match and there's a modalidad going on. You know, there's basketball, there's handball, there's uh, hockey or something. And they're cutting back and forth. But uh, with this being the cup final for women's football, I thought it deserved a little bit more uh, prestige, a little bit more um, important than they may have given it in this broadcast. You know, and that's probably unintentional on BTV's part. But they did not miss the opportunity for some commercials, and there were plenty of Ola commercials for Ola ice cream, bringing back some memories of uh, my childhood visits to Portugal and uh, reminding me that it has been now 10 years that I have not been to Portugal, which is a far too long of a time. 
and you know, I'm I get. I did happen to get a text message from one of my cousins, or I should say a Facebook inbox from one of my cousins asking me when I'm coming back, when I'm going to visit again, and, you know, have to give them the answer that I honestly don't know. But uh, real nostalgic effect seeing uh, Ola ice cream commercials. After the commercials, we would go back to the Stadio Jamur. Uh, they would kick from the studio back to the stadium, and we would get a little bit of analysis regarding the first half. The screen then shows the first half statistics, all right? So I'll give you some statistics. Uh, shots, Benfica would, would lead in shots 17 to 3. That's right, 17 shots to 3 for Benfica. However, shots on goal, as the stat uh, graphic would say, shots on goal, only 3 to 2 in Benfica's favor, meaning 14 shots were not on goal. Um the goalkeeper was definitely kept busy. A lot of it was on crosses, but she also made three very good, uh, good saves. She's clearly a very good shot stopper. Um, but but that is a stat that I'm sure João Marques was not happy with those 14 wasted opportunities. Um, they would show corners. Benfica five corners to none for Valadares. Uh, Benfica. They were for the most part all good deliveries too. Just. Um, too close to the goalkeeper. The end swingers, I guess, were, the goalkeeper knew they were coming and she was getting there first. Perhaps it could have been useful to switch it up and to have the uh, outswingers coming on, on one or two of these corners. Um, there were, the ca- camera then shot to the tribuna, the tribuna, excuse me, uh, presidencial, the, the important, the VIP section, where you would see uh, Portuguese football legends João Pinto and Pedro Pauleta in the tribuna on their cell phones. Uh, they're watching the match, obviously. Uh, both employees of the Federation, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Um, then a real awkward moment that I that made me laugh a little bit. BTV and Ebola TV announcers are now you're hearing both of them at the same time. Something somebody hit a button somewhere, and uh, the the audio from from Ebola TV was now coming in with the visual with the video, and you could hear the two commentators speaking at the same time, which was a little bit weird. But they did they did uh, sort it out, and they did get back to muting the Ebola TV. Um, commentators, and this is when uh, they they talk about and they get wrong the situation of uh, Valadar's coach uh, Mara Vieira. They're actually saying that that's not her. That was in fact her. Again, um, they had the information wrong. The announcers and they said from their sources they were told she had had left the team to because she was in the final stages of pregnancy and they wished her congratulations but she has she had actually already had the baby and she was back it was 2 weeks postpartum like i said um and that information was was given uh in a pregame video that the federation produced that was available on youtube um which was a very good, a very good antivision. Uh, if you want, go to YouTube and check that out. Um, we're gonna kick off with Benfica. Benfica would be kicking off to start the second half, and within a minute, Ana Vitoria cross for Darlene, who gets ahead on it, but and it's going, it's going towards goal, but it is redirected by the head of Valadares, Inez Barge, 
who then flicks it, and it is going, for all intents and purposes, into the goal, but across the goal comes flying uh, Naid Simoj to make the save and push the ball wide for another corner kick, but she really uh, saved what would have been an own goal um, on a very dangerous cross right off the bat. Befica coming out right where they left off. Uh, they know that the goal is coming. I think you can sense it. I I could certainly sense it. At no point in this match was I nervous that something could go wrong. The only thing I'm starting to wonder was how much longer they would be able to hold off Benfica. Uh, Valadarj, that is. How, long, how much longer they'd be able to hold off Benfica. Uh, the corner would be again reached first by Nade, who is then fouled by Ana Vitoria on this one, and she would get the free kick. Uh, just a minute later, though, Evie would be in alone on a pass from Darlene. And, um, however, she would hit it solid with the inside of her right foot, but Nade would make another great save. This time it was with her left foot. It was a hockey-styled kick save um, that sent the ball out of danger. Benfica still knocking on the door and getting very close to uh, opening the scoreline. And a minute later, uh, the breakthrough would finally come as Ana Vitoria would play a beautiful diagonal up over the entire Valadares backline. It would drop in for Dardalene, who is now in alone. However, she would uh, take a heavy touch and the ball would come on to her less than preferred left foot as she would continue to lose her angle as she's now dribbling away from goal because of the heavy touch. Her angle is shrinking. However, Serena Monteiro in the act of desperation would grab her arm and concede a penalty kick and this is the type of thing that as a coach will absolutely drive you nuts the one thing that drives me crazy and I say this when I talk about Befica men's team or when I talk about the Portuguese national team or any professional game at all that I watch that even professionals make these kind of senseless fouls when a player poses no danger and they come in and just get a foul this is even worse because it's in the penalty area. Darlene's angle is shrinking. And like I said here, you have a keeper that's on fire, saving everything. Um, what Sarinha should have been doing, Sara Monteiro, real name, should have been doing was pressuring Darlene to, to rush her. And she also was getting help from the inside, okay? So as Darlene is going left, with the ball across the goal. Her angle towards goal is shrinking. Um, the center back is closing down as well. That angle continues to shrink. To the point where you you have a good chance at blocking any shot that Darlene forces. However, Serena in desperation, in a moment of panic, grabs Darlene's arm and basically holds her up so that she can't continue the play. No question at all. The referee points to the spot. Naid tries to plead with the referee. She tries to... Um, not sure what she's pleading. It was pretty obvious. But she does She does talk to the referee. She does make a plea. As you can see her... Um, making you know facial expressions towards the referee. Almost like begging. Please. Please no. But... You know, she would even check uh, with the with the VAR official. You can see her holding her ear, talking um, or listening, I should say, to to the VAR official. And she holds up. The VAR confirms that it is a penalty. She points to the spot, and Darlene steps up and buries her one hundred and second goal of the season in all competitions. An absolutely 
astounding number. 102 goals this season in all competitions. Her 29th in the Taça de Portugal, in the Portuguese Cup. I, that's unheard of to have 29 goals in a cup competition, but she does. She buries the ball. She uh, hits it hard and high to, to uh, Naid's right. Um, Naid does get a, a hand to it. But not enough as the ball has too much power and it continues. The trajectory goes right through her hand and continues into the goal. 1-0 Benfica, an explosion in the Estadio Nacional. Uh, the Benfica fans ex waiting almost an hour for this goal, waiting to celebrate. And uh, you can hear the Glorioso SLB, Glorioso SLB ring out louder than before. And uh, Valadares now has to change their game plan as, um, as they have defended valiantly for almost an hour, like I said, but now they have to find that gear. They have to be able to change it and figure out how they're going to start to attack to try to get an equalizer. But one minute later, Jace breaks in again. She dribbles Naid. Okay, she, she dribbles right around her, has the open net, puts her shot in, but out of nowhere, the shot is headed off the line by Mikaj. Mikaj, ex fully extended, flying towards the goal, is able to pop the ball up into the air um, so that her teammate can come and clear it off of the line. Uh, very close to being 2-0. And Valadares really needing to make a change and needing to uh, change their their shape and change their, their intention on the field. Uh, may, a double substitution comes from Mara Vieira, and Ana Filippo would replace Mikaj, and Claudia Lima replacing Andrea Freitas um, to give a slightly more attack-minded, a slightly more attack-minded formation and uh, attack-minded construction of the team on the field there. Um, and this is when they start going to the picture-in-picture picture with the men's team coming out of the dormitories and heading towards the buses at Seychelles. And I, I didn't like this. Um, this, I started to... I thought it was kind of early for that, personally. Um, and like I'm going to say throughout the rest of the show, this is, this is when you utilize tape delay. All right? These are things that don't need to be shown live, okay? They can show it a little later after the match, as if it's live, or even, say, moments ago, across the screen, you know, um, but they decide to cut to picture in picture, so now the screen is split between the women's game and the men's team boarding the bus, um, and ironically, uh, a fan comes across the screen with a flag that says Casa do Benfica from Vila, Vila Nova de Gaia, the, the city where Valadares is from, so very, or I should say the town, um, <laughs> Probably why he was selected to be on camera is due to the location of that Casa de Benfica as it, it, uh, he encompasses the two participants of this Women's Cup final. Um, some producer probably saw that and said, yeah, 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 get the, get the camera on him and, and then put, the, screen, put the, the image up on the screen for us to see. And the continued switch back and forth to and from picture in picture, for me, is starting to take away from the match, and it's distracting the viewer away from the match. And in that distraction comes a key, a key turning point, really the key t turning point, um, if you're a Valadares Gaia fan, um, as Mariana Campino brings down Evie on the edge of the penalty area. 
um, don't really get a good look at it because the screen was so small. They cut back to the full screen at that point, and you see that Evie was in behind and headed towards goal. Um, Mariana Campino tries her best to bring her down. Doesn't succeed in bringing her down, but it does break up the play enough to force a bad touch in which Naid comes out and picks up the ball. And at that point, the referee blows the free kick. And because Mariana was deemed to be the, the the last defender, and this was deemed to be a clear scoring opportunity, an absolute, um, an absolute death sentence, if you will, for Valadares, as the referee pulls the red card and sends off Mariana Campino um, as she exits, fighting back tears. A dangerous free kick is set up. Um, Naid is pleading again with the referee as she does not agree and she lets the referee know it. Um, but unfortunately, and it is in fact the case, she was the final defender. She grabbed Evie enough to, to prevent her from getting the, the goal scoring opportunity that she had earned. And therefore the red card is shown. Um, Valadarj now, after making attack minded substitutions, finds themselves down a player, which a defensive player um, at that, which really handicaps the coach at that point. It really handcuffs her and leaves her with very little options. Um, she has to decide whether or not to try to keep it 1-0 a little longer or to make or to go all out now attack-minded and throw caution to the wind. However, um, Yasmin would make that decision for her and the very next touch of the ball is her left-footed free kick would, would beat the wall and Naid... Um, to the keeper's left, no chance for the Portugal international. It's inside the post and into the goal. Benfica lead 2-0, and now uh, Valadares are, are at a point where it's, it's a point of no return. And now they're looking at 20 minutes to score two goals um, when they've had really three attacks all match. Ana Vitoria in the 71st, three minutes later, would play the ball to Yasmin, who plays a nice 1-2 with Darlene, who holds the ball. This was a nice bit of skill and awareness, okay? Anyone who's a forward or even, you know, any soccer player at all, anyone who has a kid playing soccer, this is a play to show them. She receives the ball with her back to goal, turns, okay? And the give and go is on, the 1-2 is on, but... But Darlene, in, in, in a sign of real intelligence, holds the ball just an extra second, um, forcing the not just the outside defender, but also the central defender to make a decision. They both decide to rush the ball. And at that point is when she releases the ball to Yasmin, who's breaking down the left. Okay, Both defenders now came out of position, which allows Yasmin to play a nice, easy, driven cross along the ground, across the face of goal, all right, um, maybe a yard or two in front of the small area, in front of the goal area, and it's out of the reach of Naid, but right into the stride of Ana Vitoria. Ana Vitoria runs onto it and touches it into the open goal, and it is now 3-0 as uh, Benfica now look like the, the goleada may be on at this point. Um, as it looks like the 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 dam has just has just burst and the floodgates have opened for Valadarj at this point, <laughs> Ana Vitoria then does a 
about a 200-meter sprint. She sprints across the pitch, jumps over the advertisement board, runs down the running track, uh, through a gate, up a set of steps, and then jumps up over a wall into the arms of her dad. This was pretty awesome. Uh, her dad's running down to the edge of the of the wall at the in the first row, and she she they embrace there, and um, you know Paisinho there has a he's got the twinkle in his eyes, smile in his face as he he puts his hand over his heart and taps his heart, telling anybody watching on TV you know that that's her father. There's no nobody else you know that he could be at that point. Um, Clearly a very important moment for the two of them. A really nice moment. She would see the yellow card for leaving the pitch. But it, it looked like an... Uh, it actually looked like an episode of American Ninja Warrior. When she sprinted across... After scoring a goal, sprinted along the field, you know, over an advertisement board, down the track, up a set of stairs, and then props herself up over a wall to, to embrace her father. Pretty cool. Um... Four minutes later, Paulita plays a 50-yard diagonal and plays Evie in. And again, Evie is one-on-one with the keeper. But again, the keeper comes up with a great save. Naid, the Portugal international, makes another fantastic save. And, I mean, this is this is a goalkeeping performance for the ages. Um, really hope that she gets a copy of the video of this match and she keeps it forever to show, you know, her kids and her grandkids. Because uh, this was the day that, you know, imagine showing her grandkids the day the day Avó made about 100 saves in the Portuguese Cup final. <laughs> um, very, very cool uh, uh, performance. And just, I can only imagine it's a surreal moment, especially being against Benfica. And the audience that that brings and the exposure that, that it brings playing against Benfica. And you're going to see really good things come to the Liga BPI, the, the Portuguese First Division next season with Benfica included in it. In the 78th, now, Valadaj would make a substitution. Rocha for Rocha. It's Bruna Rocha coming in for Carolina Rocha. Uh, 79th minute, uh, Silvia Ribello catches Lucia Alves slightly late on a tackle. Leaves the Valadaj winger down receiving treatment, but she would continue. Um, 84th minute, now, Evie goes down running she goes running down a rebound in the penalty area. The ball had, uh, an original shot had been blocked, uh, making it go to the le- to the right of the goal, you know, to the goalkeeper's right, towards the corner of the goal area and between that line and the goal area and the line for the penalty area. The ball's over there. Um, Evie is coming full speed ahead across the goal to get on the end of it. She does get there first, but... It would be Raquel Gomes would get there slightly late, stick her leg out, and she would bring down Evie, uh, Evie Pereira in the box. The referee would originally say play on. She said no- nothing there, play on. However, when the ball goes out, she does uh, put her hand to her ear. Play is stopped for a, mo- for a moment. She listens to a few things and then does make a run over to the sideline and she does go to the VAR to review the play. It takes her all about 10 seconds. I don't know why it takes the men's referees 20 you know 20 minutes to, to, to look at these things and make a decision. It took her all about 10 seconds as it should. She comes back to the field, 
Blows her whistle, makes the box with her hand, with her with her pointer fingers, signaling the VAR, and points to the penalty spot. It is a penalty kick for Benfica once again. This time, Evie, the player that was brought down, would be the one to convert it. Um, she would place the ball on the spot, and cool is a. Cool as the other side of the pillow would step up and beat the goalie. The goalie dives left. The ball goes right. And it is 4-0. Evie celebrates, runs down the goal line, and then pauses, folds her arms a la João Felix, and just stares at the crowd in celebration. Uh, she <laughs> Shout out to João Felix there on that goal. Pretty cool. Last game. Uh, in the semifinals, she was using Cristiano's celebration. This one, she uses the kids' celebration. João Felix. 88th minute now. Jace with a cross for the Cape Verdean. Evie, who can't get to it. She slides, but it's just out of her reach for another uh, goal kick. And in that 89th minute now, João Marx would make a double substitution as he would get an ovation for two the two midfield uh Partners who really were fantastic, as always, in uh, this match. And a really, really good uh, core uh, to build this team around as Ana Vitoria would be replaced by Mayara. And Tita, the Portuguese player, would replace Pauleta, real name, Paula Rodriguez, um, as she would come off. And in the 89th, Valadarj would get another counter, okay? And... Lucia would make a great effort, forcing Dani to make a nice save, diving to her left. She wouldn't give up a rebound, however, even though there was a Valadarj player running in, ready to pounce on it. 90 plus 2 now. Jace crosses for Evie, whose effort is saved by Naid. However, there is a rebound. Naid gets up to, to pounce on the rebound, and she collides with Jace's shin. Jace also trying to get her first goal. She was, she was you know... Hungry for that goal. She wanted a goal in this match. Unfortunately, her shin made contact with Naid's face. Um, and it bloodied up the, the great goalkeeper. And as the announcer said that that she, you know, Ella no uh, she did not deserve to have her match end that way. Bloody nose, uh, she would be bandaged up. And um, Valadares is out of substitutes, so she would just come off. Um, because they couldn't stop the bleeding. She would, however, get a standing ovation from both sets of fans. From Benfica fans as much as from the Valadares fans. Um, and as she's walking off, she would be getting consoled and congratulated by the Benfica players upon leaving the pitch. In a great display of fair play for a goalkeeper who really was the... the player of the match, the figura, if you will, the figure of the match. Um, Hakel would then go in goal. Um, as you would see, a player run on the backup goalkeeper's jersey to her. She would put it on and finish the game in goal. Um, Naid would, would be off as she would receive some treatment. Uh, that would be the end. The rest of the match would be played in picture-in-picture, in picture, and it was hard to see what was going on. 
but you would get the final whistle after some eight minutes of stoppage time. Really not necessary, but uh, the referee holding to the letter of the law, and you get a 4-0 victory for Benfica, and for the first time in their history, Benfica win the Women's Portuguese Cup in their first year of having women's football, and um, as a second division team, this is quite an accomplishment, whether or not they're a full professional team or not, like I said, um, they were not the favorites at the beginning. Sporting were. Sporting have owned women's football in Portugal the last two years. Sporting did not win the Liga BPI, nor did they win the Sport the the Taça de Portugal. So Benfica will lift the cup, and they will face Sporting Braga in a rematch of uh, this semifinal next year to open the 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 season with the Super Cup. Um, celebrations would 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 begin on the field however they would cut away from us immediately and you would have elder kundut narrating uh the the the, the bus's route to the stadium um we're gonna take a break right here and come back i am gonna go over the rest of the broadcast now um leading up to the to where they sign off from the stadio nacional so stay right there we're gonna roll an ad we're gonna be back on the other side all right have some audio for you, and then I will finish up by breaking down the rest of the broadcast and then have a final thought for you. Stay right there. This is Mr. Benfica. Don't forget, follow on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. You can also search on Facebook simply by typing in the two words Mr. Benfica. We will be right back with, uh, with, with a recap of... The remaining part of the broadcast. Stay right there. Thank <laughs> you. 
Vem cá, vem cá, vem cá. Então, um beijo pro meu pai, um beijo pra minha mãe também, que sempre me deu todo o suporte e que infelizmente não pode estar aqui, porque tá trabalhando, não, não pode atravessar o oceano. And welcome back to episode 17 of Mr. Benfica. Here again, your host, Mike Agostino, a.k.a. The Mister. And what you heard there was some of what it sounded like um, after the match there on BTV. You heard some of the players talking. You heard from the manager. And um, they did cut back to to the Jamur, which I was glad for because when they first cut away, I thought they were done, honestly. And I'm thinking to myself, don't tell me they're not going to show the lifting of the cup. Um, so fortunately, BTV did cut back, but um, you would see the you would follow the bus for a couple kilometers there um, next as it would get its police escort, its cortejo, to the Stadio de Luz. And of course, no post game um, reviewing the match, which which of course is something they don't necessarily do very well in Portugal. Um, so I, I don't know why I expected it here, given how big this match was. I thought there'd be a little bit more of it. But um, they will go back to the Jamur for the trophy presentation and for some interviews. Um, all in all, I give, um, like I said, BTV a solid grade, uh, considering how hard it was to put this whole thing together. And especially because they haven't done this before, not to this uh, to this degree. Um, using a 1 to 5 uh, scale, I would give them probably a three and a half, okay, a 3.5, um, maybe a little higher, just under a four. Um, I think they did, they did okay. They can definitely improve on this the next time they have, you know, a men's and women's, uh, big match, double header, if you will. Um, this is something we see on American TV and you see it in, on British TV, um, uh, from time to time also when there's big matches in the same weekend. Uh, they do a good job of switching back and forth. And actually, Liga Emekis in Mexico does the best job of this. Uh, if you watch the Mexican League on a Saturday night, they play big game after big game after big game just about every week. There's enough big teams that there's big games every week. And without disturbing the broadcast, you, you do see the teams for the next game arrive. You see the warm-ups. You still, it doesn't take away from the match you're watching at the same time. They time it better. Um... They don't just abandon one match to, to go right into the pregame of the next match. They, they transition better. But BTV has very little experience doing this, so I am giving them a little bit of a, of a pass on this because I'm just glad that they, they did do it this way and didn't just, you know, um, play the women's match and tape delay, you know, the next day or something like that. Um, however, they could have used tape delay in this post, uh, post-production, I think. Um... And I do point here that um, what you see on the small screen in the picture-in-picture picture is Darlene with her in the middle of the circle. You know, the team is, is in, a, in a huddle, if you will. She's in the center giving a heartfelt speech to her team or a heartfelt message. And there's tears in her eyes, but all you hear is Elder Kondutu. And Elder Kondutu talking and talking and talking. And um, sometimes he overdoes the talking, as does uh, Rogério Matias. And um, if you heard episode 11 when I talked about the semifinal match between um, Benfica's ladies and Braga's ladies, um, at the end when there was a fantastic atmosphere and you know singing going on in the stadium, you couldn't hear it because because you were getting a history lesson in in, in 
women's football, World Cup women's football from Rogério Matias. Something that had nothing to do with what we were watching. Um, a lot of this, a lot of the same feelings in this in this point in the in the broadcast. Um, you can see something's going on. You can see this is a big moment. The players all have tears in their eyes. They're hugging each other. The manager's emotional, but all you hear is Elder Condut talking about. I don't even know what because I'm trying to pay attention to the to the small picture. So because your your attention's divided now and you're not listening to one or the other, it really. Um, it was something that we didn't need to see. Okay, the team had not even yet arrived at the stadium. Okay, uh, they were they were still a little bit away. Uh, it did not need to be to be seen and heard what was going on uh, with police sirens and the sound of a bus driving. So, really, the audio should have been at the Jamur at this point. You can keep the small picture. Uh, following the bus, the bus's route. That's fine. That's something you see on Mexican TV all the time when they broadcast uh, matches. You see the team for the next match in their bus route. That there's nothing wrong with with that. But not hearing what was said in that in that uh, huddle is, is upsetting. It's disappointing. And that's even what they could have done is waited also until the they had a lot of time to work with here. They could have waited till the bus had arrived, shown all that. Cut back and shown a, a scene, and it could have said moments ago, or a brev, you know, that you could you could hear what what Darlene was saying to her teammates, full screen with the sound on, so you could hear it. They didn't do it this way. You didn't get one or the other. I think they they split it, and you didn't really see one thing or the other. Um, and there would be dead time within the next you know fifteen minutes. There would be dead time with nothing to show. They could have. They could have recorded things and showed them in that dead time, in my opinion, um, to avoid that conflict. Uh, finally, finally, Elder Condut uh, will cut to Marta Grassa, that's who's on the sideline, reporter at the Jamur. He would throw throw to her, and she was interviewing João Marx during uh, during Valadar's walk up the steps to receive their finalist medals. Um, you do get to see the Valadar players walking up the steps while you listen to João Marques. That was done well. Um, he explains. Um, he explains that climbing the stairs at the Jamur is a lifelong dream of his. He's emotional about it. You can see the tearful Valadar players receiving their medals at that time, being consoled by their president, their club president, and by the president of the federation, who is also on the stage there, um, handing out the medals. Um, and then, after she's done talking to to João Marques, Marta gets Ana Vitória and begins to speak to her. Marta's explaining that that was her father that she was running to celebrate her goal with. She dedicated to him as he's always been her biggest supporter. And then she said hello to her mother who could not be there. Um, then you see her and a staff member uh, do a little a little cheer um, before we go back to picture in picture. And they send, and we see the Jamur, but they send it back to the Stadio de Luz for an interview with Xiao Han. He is a club legend. Um, when Xiao talks, that I can live with that. Again, though, that could have been taped delayed. They could have taped it and showed it five minutes later, ten minutes later, after they were wrapped up at the Jamur. There was dead time there where that could have been used. They didn't in my opinion, use their time properly. I know they had to fit in commercials and ads as well, so that probably explains some of it, but it really, I thought, could have been timed out better by the director, by the producer. Um, 
she, she Martha then is is interviewing a fan as, as the Benfica women climb the steps. She interviews uh, a young fan who proclaims that Darlene is her favorite player. She came to see her. She's her favorite, and um, she loves her. Is what she says. You know, it's a young fan, and it's great to hear little girls say that and have you know female athletes to look up to. I think that's fantastic. Um, Portuguese football needs that. Portuguese girls need female players to look up to. Um, and so Darlene really is an important figure in this club. And um, she may not be Portuguese, but she's very important to the future of Portuguese football because uh, she's a bona fide superstar in this league. There's no question about it. You know, she's a veteran of World Cups and of uh, playing for the Brazil national team. She's won a, a Copa America feminine. Um, very, very uh, accomplished player, and obviously with the 102-goal season that she's on right now, that's epic. Um, how many times has that happened at any level, uh, regardless of, of male or female? Um, and it's really uplifting for me. I mean, I, I was touched hearing a little girl say that. That's really, really nice. Um, you see the players going up the steps. Uh, Jace with the Brazil flag around her. Paulita with the Galicia, the flag of Galicia, her autonomous community where she she um, is from in Spain. Um, but aside from them too, the rest of the team is just wearing the champions t-shirts they were just handed, or the winners t-shirts, and the scarves that proudly say vencedoras across them. And I gotta get me one of those scarves. I'm gonna be honest with you. If there's one scarf I get this summer, it's gonna be that one. That is a piece of history. That is a piece of folklore that will go. Um, that will one of those will be in the Cosmodamio Museum forever because this has been such a historic season. I really gotta figure out how I'm gonna get my hand on one of those. I know my father's going to Portugal uh, in a couple of weeks, but I'm, they're gonna be hard to find in Obidush, and uh, I don't know how many times he's gonna. How much time he's going to spend in Lisboa or at the Stadio de Luz if he's going to be able to visit and get um, into the pro shop. Uh, I may ask him anyway. I, I got to get a jersey. I got to get a scarf. So I want the Vincelotis scarf and I want a, a new uh, jersey for next season. Uh, obviously, um, one of the, whatever they're playing in next season, the new red jersey. Um, finally, finally, after that, after the long wait. Darlene is handed the cup and she lifts the tasa. As you can faintly hear fans singing Glorioso SLB with players bouncing up and down. But unfortunately, Marta is talking. Um, she's talking to a fan. And, and this really, really is a pet peeve of mine. I'm, they do this on American TV all the time. When something is happening in the stadium... Let us hear the stadium. Let us hear the the environment in the stadium, the ambiance. I don't want to hear an announcer interviewing a fan at the moment the trophy is being lifted. The best announcers in the world just shut up at moments like that. Okay, let 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 the environment and let the moment speak for itself. Um, this 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 is where I'm really going to be the harshest on BTV. There should have been a producer telling her to shut up for a second. Um, and there wasn't. Um, and I don't mean that rudely, but um, she can she can interview the fan again, you know, 30 seconds later after the confetti's, you know, been shot. And uh, you can't even hear the song, there, whether it's We Are the Champions or it's, you know, I Will Survive, whatever they're playing. Uh, for that trophy lifting. You can't even hear it. All you hear is her talking. 
Um, I know part of this is because it's a voiceover, um, because these images belong to a Bala TV, but still, um, really, really uh, disappointed that that we were hearing that. But uh, the fan did tell Marta it's that now it's time for Humo Marquez. That's where he's headed after the match. Um, and he's going to wait there until the outcome of the men's match. You see tears in the eyes of the players as it then fades. Um, and while the, they don't roll credits there, you do see the red screen that just says football, which announces the end of the program. And they cut to commercials. And that is the last we see from the Jamur um, that is the end of the broadcast for the 2018-19 Taça de Portugal Football Feminino Final. Um, a historic night, I, or a day I should say. I think this is going to be a game that's going to go on for a long, long time. This is an important piece of Befica history, of Portuguese football history. Because I do think that Portuguese women's football is going to blow up in the next decade. It is going to be huge. Um... You're going to see a participation boom. Uh, you're going to see girls playing soccer like never before in Portugal. They've got heroes now. Benfica being in this brings that. And this is no disrespect to Sporting or to Sporting Braga or to Boa Vista or to Maritimo or any of the other clubs, you know, big clubs that have women's teams. But Benfica's following is just that much bigger. Um, and when Benfica do it, it gets a new level of importance. Uh, Befica entering the arena of women's football was long overdue, and I, I, I mean it. They waited too long. They should have been in this a decade ago. They weren't, but then again, the club a decade ago was, was, was you know, in somewhat dire straits. But um, now this is, this is something that uh, really is overdue, though. They really needed to be involved in this, and it is great to see, uh, finally... Our badge, our jersey in women's football. And what better way to to mark the first season than by lifting the Prova Reina, the Taça de Portugal, all right? Um, at the Jamur, it doesn't get bigger than that, you know? The only thing that could have made it bigger, of course, is, like I said, if the men weren't playing, uh, you know, a few hours after that and uh, didn't, you know, split the crowd... It, Essentially in half. I think it broke this crowd in half. I think you would have easily seen a double um, in the number of fans at this match. And who knows, if next year it's Befica and Sporting in the cup final, I think they have. They, there's a good chance for a sellout there. I mean, um, that's a big match. The friendly alone drew, drew 16,000, which was a bigger crowd than this one. So, absolutely. I think the Klasikus next year are going to draw big crowds. Um, whether they're played at Alcuchit and Seychelles or they're played in the in the Stadio de Luz and the Alvalade will, will remain to be seen and I'm sure it will depend on the calendar and where other matches are being are being placed obviously but um, the very first order of business has to be to get Befica, this Befica team out of the Stadio Tapadinha and at the very least in the Seychelles but they really need to play some matches in the Stadio de Luz too. I know um, you got to keep those fields at, at optimum uh, optimum level. But I would rather see, rather than the national team playing games at the Stadio de Luz, I'd rather see the women's team play 
you know, two or four matches a season at the Stadio de Luz, um, especially the big ones next year, like I said, against Sporting, um, against Braga, against uh, Boa Vista. Those are games where I want to see, although Boa Vista was relegated from, from what I understand, so take that back about Boa Vista. But still, I want to see them get a chance at some point to play in that stadium. When it's not being used, it's not going to kill the field to put one more game on and to play a game there once a week instead of once every two weeks. Um, the maintenance on the pitch is, is sublime. Uh, it can handle it. Um, and that wraps up the broadcast. That wraps up the podcast. Um, this was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope fans of women's football enjoyed this. This was a very heartfelt effort to give this game the the respect that it deserves, that it should have gotten um, on TV. Um, it sh- this competition shouldn't even be on a ball of TV. No disrespect to a ball of TV, but it should be on RTP. Okay, on the on the, the it should be on the co- the country's number one network. The Cup final needs to return to being a showpiece, whether it's men's or women's football. That also includes the FA Cup, the Copa del Rey, you know, the Copa Italia. All of the different cups. The U.S. Open Cup here in the United States, which I want to point out. Okay, the United States wants to be the number one nation of women's soccer, the leader. They don't even have a domestic cup for women at this time. There's no U.S. Open Cup for women, which is ridiculous. When a small country like Portugal already has, you know, a couple decades of history of having a women's national cup. So, uh, that is a... A shout-out and a kudos to Portuguese football for, for that, for the growth that they've seen in this in this game, in the, in the women's game, over the past decade, decade and a half, has been, you know, unbelievable. Uh, just last week, Portugal's under-17 women's team reached the semifinals of the European Championship. So let that sink in for a while. Yeah, we're not playing at World Cups yet in women's football in Portugal, but that day is going to come. Like I said, this sport um, is going to blow up in the next 10 years. I'm predicting it right now. Benfica are going to go on a run, okay? Um, They're going to inspire a whole generation of girls to play this game. Um, You're going to see the talent just rise. You're going to see our rivals up their game as well to keep pace with us, I believe. And in the end, Portuguese football will win because of it, okay? Okay. Again, any feedback is always appreciated. You can hit me on Instagram at um, Mr. Benfica or on Inst- on Twitter at Benfica Mr. DM me, inbox me, whatever you want. Um, if you have any feedback, you liked it, you didn't like it, let me know what you think. Um, I really enjoy putting these women's episodes together. Um, I really enjoy just getting a midweek episode. I wish I had more time to do one every week. I would love it. Um, I've recorded this in my car on a couple of lunch breaks. Uh, Fortunately, the air conditioning works. Um, You may or may not hear that hissing in the background uh, very slightly. But I really enjoyed this. Um, I hope everyone else did as well. And I will see you later in the week for episode 18. And in episode 18, of course, we're going to look back at the Santa Clara game and the Reconquista is complete and we will talk about the Marquez. And you know what? I think the celebrations uh, may force a, a podcast of their own 
just to cover all of the celebrations. I'll see if I can fit it all in one episode uh, coming this Friday night. And also this coming weekend, okay, uh, mark your calendars over on the Park in the Bus channel. Okay, I'll tweet out the link. I will have a full recap of Portugal's under-20 World Cup match against Korea. That's Saturday they're playing. Okay, it's 9.45, I believe, Eastern Time here in the United States, which makes it 2.45 in Portugal. Um, Portugal versus the Korea Republic, under-20s. Uh, that team featuring, of course, Jota, uh, Florentine Luiz, Jetson and Nuno Santos. Not sure if they're going to feature in this match as they just joined the team the, um, the day after the Marquez on Sunday night. Uh, they joined the team and um, the team has, has now flown to Poland. Um, so they're yet to play any friendlies. They're yet to really train with the team. So I'm not sure that they're going to be used in this, in this opener. Uh, hopefully we get to see them. Maybe they'll be the three substitutes. Who knows? Um, and hopefully they'll be incorporated soon into the team as this is a real strong Portugal under-20 team. Uh, remember, they were champions last summer at under-19 in the UEFA. Um, the same group that was champion two years earlier in the under-17s. Um, so Portugal has a really good chance uh, to do well at this Under-20 World Cup. But that's it for this one. Okay, again, thank you, everybody. Carrega Benfica. Parabéns, meninas. Hashtag elas também merecem. Thank you. See you this weekend.